Amen. Let's bow our heads and go straight into the word of God. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you, God, appreciating you for all that you are, all that you mean, and thanking you for your hand on our lives. Now, God, I'm asking that you would hide me beneath the cross, that you would think through my mind, speak through my mouth. God, let it be all of you, less of me. Let the people be eternally touched and blessed, and we give you praise for it in Jesus' name, and let everybody shout. Amen. Amen. Shout it one more time. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Come on with your Bibles in your hands. Amen. And repeating after me, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I will have what it says I will have. I'm a part of Delivered Simple, where we love by living our vision every day. We connect with our creator continually. We confess our deliverance consistently. We commit to serve creatively. And we communicate Christ's love compassionately. Pastor Andre... Preach this word. Come on, put your hands together this morning. And online, would you just uh, put those hand emojis up there to let us know that you're with us. We appreciate you for being with us. I thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, I'm going to start off by uh, reading Philippians 1.19. I'm going to read this verse myself and then I'll, I'll bring Brother Mitchell in. But Philippians 1.19, it states this from the NIV, for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I have that underlined and I'm just going to read it one more time so I'll have them bring it back up. For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. Amen. Now, this is Deliverance Temple. And so since we are at Deliverance Temple, sometimes we get in situations where we need to be delivered. And even if you don't go to Deliverance Temple, if you're living in this life and you save, you're going to get in some stuff where you're going to need to be delivered. Now, in this particular uh, scenario, I'm not necessarily talking about the sins that we commit that trap us or addictions, uh, and that happens as well. We need delivering from that, and that's why we confess our deliverance consistently so that we can grow from those places. But I'm talking about the attacks of the enemy. I'm talking about the trials, because what Paul was talking about, he was talking about the trials that come your way. And he said, I believe that I'm going to get delivered from all the junk that I got to go through. We got to go through junk in this life many times, and we need to be delivered. So, so I, I came to this because uh, me, me, me and my family, we went to visit one of our members, and we were checking on them, and something just rose up in my spirit that I was just kind of singing in my spirit. It's a song that calls, I'm Going to See a Victory. And in the song, it says, you took what the enemy meant for evil, and you turned it for good. And for several hours, that has just been in my spirit, even when I woke up in this morning, that he turned it for good. 
And so I, I believe there's some stuff we need to be delivered out of. But like Paul said, Paul said, you turned it for my good. So that, that, that means that the situation may not be good right now, but by the time God gets done turning it, he'll turn it for your good. It, it may be jacked up now, but by the time he gets done turning it, in other words, you may not be delivered right now, but by the time he gets done turning it, you're going to look like you are delivered. I'm so glad I don't look like what I'm going through. I'm so glad I don't look like what I've been through because I know a God that can turn it. I serve a turning God, a turnaround God. Late in the midnight hour, God can turn it around, turn it around, turn it around. So so let, let, let me, before I move on and, and begin to preach, let, let me put up. Uh, a couple of definitions of turn. We, we know our regular definition of turn is just to rotate, but I, I, I want to dig a little deeper. Put this definition of turn up to move something so that it is in a different position in relation to its surroundings or its previous position. Um, if you are in a place where you're bound and you are not delivered, if you are in that type of situation, then what the, what the turn means that God's going to turn it around to where your surroundings doesn't even look like what it was when you first went in it. See, when I first got divorced, I thought I was going to lose my mind. But by the time God, God got done turning, I was so glad he got that joker out of my life. I was no, more, no longer sad for the divorce because God turned it and showed me I didn't need him anyway. I didn't need her anyway. When I lost a job, I cried, but then I got a business that is double than what I was when I had the job. So now I'm glad that you turned it because you can turn it so good that it changes the surrounding. It doesn't even look like what it was when I went in it. When I went in it, it looked like a fiery furnace. But when I came out of it, I didn't even smell like smoke. It, did. it looked like a blessing. See, some things that are, we are blessed with don't look like blessings when we get in them. But by the time God gets done turning it, it looks like something different. Come on, somebody help me preach this morning. Let, let, let's go to another definition of turn. Another definition of turn they're going to put up for us. To change in nature, state, form, or color, and I like the bottom one, become. Become. So in other words, it starts as one thing, but it becomes something entirely different after God gets done turning it. Right now, I might look like a caterpillar. But when God gets done turning me in the cocoon of my trials, I'm going to come out like a butterfly looking better than I was when I went in. If you've ever seen a caterpillar, that's an ugly looking thing. But it turns into something beautiful because God knows how to turn it. I don't know what you're in. I don't know what you're faced with. I don't know what you're dealing with, but I know a God that knows how to turn it. So that's going to bring me to the title of the sermon for today. And it's simply this. He turned it. He turned it. Look at your neighbor and say, he turned it. Come on, on online, just type in the comments, he turned it. He, he's got the ability, he turned it. And, and, and uh, that is past tense. So there's some stuff that he's turning, but I'm here to let you know he turned it. So it may not look like it turned, but I'm here to announce to you prophetically, he already turned. Let, let, let me give you an example of that. When uh, I've rode on big cruise ships, 
the cruise ships are navigating the water and they are turning all the time, but you may not always feel it because the boat's so big. And what God is doing in your life is so big, you still feel like you're in what you thought you was in. But I'm here to tell you, he already turned it. He, he already turned it. I, I know your money's funny and your change is strange, but I'm here to tell you, he turned it. I know your mind is depressed and your body is sick, but I'm here to tell you, he turned it. God, God is in the turnaround business and he turned it. And, and not many days from now, you're going to find out he already turned it. He turned it. Look at your neighbor and say, this was the wrong Sunday to miss. This was the wrong Sunday to miss. Let, let, let me, let's start with point number one. I'm going to try to walk this down. He turns it. For your needs. I, I heard one preacher say, my needs have needs. I, I, I got so broke that what I need needed something. That just, just, but sometimes God will turn it because you are in need. You, you need it. I, I need a breakthrough. I, 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 I like the song and I understand it. But sometimes I can't be that cute where any way you bless me, I'll be satisfied. I understand what they're saying, but sometimes I get in some stuff. It's not any way you bless me, God. I need this. I need this specifically. I need some stuff. I need some stuff to turn around yesterday. I need some stuff fixed yesterday. I need some stuff to break off of my life yesterday, God. I need some stuff now. I'm not too cute. God, it's me. It's me, oh, Lord, and I'm standing in the need of prayer. Not my mama, not my daddy, not my sister, not Ray Ray, not Pookie, not my cousin down the street. But I need some stuff right now, God. There's some, there's some stuff I can fake it till I make it. There's some stuff I can fake the funk on. But there's some stuff I can't fake this. I, 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 I'm in a trial. I, I, I'm in a booger of an obstacle. I, I'm in a whopper. I'm about to lose my mind. So, God, I need you to turn it because I'm in need. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour, I need thee. Now, for all y'all saints that can go six and seven months without God, I, 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 you are a better Christian than I am. But I need you every hour. I need you every minute of every hour. I need you every moment and every second of every hour. Oh, bless me now. Not tomorrow, not next week, not 2022, not 2024. But God, bless me now, my Savior. Now, now here's, a, here's a part I like to add. I come to thee. See, if you don't come to God, you're not in need. But when you get in need, need, you don't mind coming to God. Listen, the church may not be open, but I'll sit on the parking lot and pray in the parking lot because I need some God. I need just a little more Jesus. I, 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 I'm in need. Well, well, my pastor called a sabbatical, but, but I'm going to go visit the church down the street while everybody on sabbatical because maybe they saved enough to have a sabbatical, but I'm not saved enough to take a rest from anything. I need to be in church, so I'm going to take my tail to church, and I'm going to get me some work because I'm in need. Can't nobody tell you what you need like you. Stop playing. If you need it, you just need it. Some of y'all running around and you need affection. You need attention. You need encouragement. You need to know that you're cute every now and then. Just 
just need and just need it. You know, something I've noticed, um, some of the most beautiful people are the last people to see it. Sometimes the most gifted people are the last ones to know they're gifted. Everybody says, oh, you're gifted, you're beautiful. And they say, I don't see what you see. Let, 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 me, let, me, let me jump on my sister for, for a second with her beautiful fine self. Just celebrated a birthday. And, and, and I put a picture up that I just thought was so beautiful. She's like, I don't like it. I don't, I don't like my forehead because sometimes she don't see what everybody else sees. That's, that's, that's the plight of us all as humans. So guess what we need? We need to be encouraged. You need somebody to tell you, you look good. You a good mother. You a good father. You you a good husband. You you smell good. You are you losing weight? Your 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 car looks good. Your 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 breast smells good. You you need somebody to tell you something because you can go through this life and everybody will pick out everything that's wrong and it puts you in need. Maybe I would have said before that I don't really need a tenth anniversary. And birthday, but after y'all did what y'all did, I needed that. I needed every bit of it. You you need to be celebrated every now and then. You just need somebody to tell you that you're doing good, to give you the faith to keep on moving. And, and I'm here to tell you this morning that God is turning some stuff in your favor. You need some hope and you need some faith. And I'm here to let you know it ain't going to be like this forever. This This is your turning around season. All right. Now, now for every point, I'm going to throw a P.S. up there. You, you know, when you write a letter, you have every, the body of the letter, what you want to say, but you usually add a P.S. So let me let me throw this P.S. So let's go back to point number one so I can put them together for them. Point number one is he turns it for your needs and put P.S. when your needs are legitimate needs. Now, 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 God will help you with your needs, but your needs do need to be legitimate. I, I, I like to use this example all the time. If I go to McDonald's and say, I, I, I want the steak and lobster with a, 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 a side of shrimp cocktail, they're going to look at me crazy because they don't offer that there. I can't ask for what they're not offering. So, so I can't get mad at Devin and say, God, I want you to send me four more women. No, 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 that's not a, that's not a legitimate need. I may think that's what I need, but it goes against God's word, so it's not a legitimate need. So God's not going to step in and do what I think I want when it's not a part of his will. Some of y'all, the reason what James says, you, when you ask, you ask amiss. In other words, you totally miss it. You're asking for stuff you really don't need. You, you, you ever dealt with your, your, your young kids or your grandkids and you see their Christmas list? And they asking for stuff they don't need. I, I want a computer. What is wrong with the computer I bought you last year that's sitting up there getting dust? If it's sitting up there getting dust, then that's not a legitimate need. So God will turn it for your needs as long as your needs are legitimate needs. Amen. So I, I'm going to jump off of that because y'all in church, so maybe you already know legitimate needs. Some people don't understand what's legitimate. They, they want God to do all kinds of stuff. No, no, it needs to be legitimate. Amen? Let's go to 2 Kings 6 and 1. And this is where, I, where I'll ask Mother Mitchell to read from. Now the heading uh, says the axe head recovered. That's the heading. Sister Mitchell, read from there. 
Now the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, see the place where we dwell under your charge is too small for us. Place where we dwell is too small for us, verse 2. Let us go to the Jordan and each of us get there a log and let us make a place for us to dwell there. And he answered, go. All right. So they said the place where we're at is too too small, but then they said, let us get along. I like, I, I do like the sons of the prophets. They said, listen, we're, we're in a place too big, but we're willing to work to change it. See, if you don't understand legitimate needs, you don't understand legitimate work. See, some of the stuff that we need is going to take some work. You can't just come to the altar and us pour oil on your head and everything going to go away. You have to be willing to do the work. Somebody say willing to do the work. Let's go to verse three. Then one of them said, be pleased to go with your servants. And he answered, I will go. I like what they added. They said, be pleased to come with us. In other words, the man of God, I want the man of God with me. I'm not asking the man of God to work for me, but I just want him close to me. I, I like people who have the mind saying, listen, I'm not asking you to support my business, but at least would you pray for it? Would, would you put uh, your, your hands over it? I've had people in here as well as out of here that say, uh, Pastor, I got a new house, but before I put my furniture in, can you walk through the house and anoint the house? I, I don't need you to stay at my home. I don't need you to live here, but before I get in there, I need the presence of a man of God that represents the power of God. I love when people understand the power of a man or a woman of God in their life. And so they say, be pleased, come on and go with us. I'm not asking you to do the work for me. Some people want the pastor to do the work for them. Well, pastor, I'm so depressed. I understand you're depressed. Sweetheart, let, let, let's, let's, let's read the scriptures. Maybe you should take your medicine. Let the, and that's good. And, and then you get beyond that. And those people will do the work. They take the medicine. They read the scriptures. They go to therapy. They do everything they need to do. Then there's other people. I'm so depressed, but they want me to do it all. I, I understand you're depressed, but I haven't seen you in seven years, baby. It's hard for me to pass to you when I don't know where you are, what you've been, what you're going through. But every time you talk to me, you're always in an issue. What, what, maybe you should, in between the issue, get a hold of a man of God. I know a man of God. He actually, every Sunday, is at 720 East 2nd Street. And yeah. does your feet work? And, and does Uber work? Does the bus work? And, and can you get a ride to come to the house of God? Well, I can't do all that. Oh, oh can you just turn your television on and put Facebook on? Because it'll come right to your home. Some folks are so lazy, they won't come and they won't even turn it on. But then they want somebody to fix all their problems. I can't get you out of all the junk when you won't do anything. Legitimate needs require legitimate work. Amen. Amen. But the man of God said, I will go. And that, that, that's one of our problems. We just have a going spirit. Like, if you need help, we will go. But I have learned sometimes I'm going in vain because I, you know, I don't care how much I go. If you don't do my going, it's not going to do you any good. Amen. Let's go to verse 4. So he went with them, and when they came to the Jordan... They cut down trees. They, they, they got to work in verse 5. But as one was felling a log, his axe head fell into the water, and he cried out, Alas, my master, it was borrowed. So he was swinging the axe, doing the work, but the axe head, the, the iron part of the axe head, slipped off of the handle of the wood 
and went into the water. We all know, we all know science and we all understand just a simple laws that iron sinks when it gets into the water. Amen. So let's, let's put up this point. God cares about your debts borrowed in good faith. When you have borrowed something in good faith, that means you actually intended on paying back. Not borrowing without having any mindset to pay back. No, when you have borrowed in good faith, God cares about your debt. See, you think God only cares about your spiritual life. He cares about every aspect of your life, including your debts, including your student loans and car loans and, and your mortgages and, and, the, and the debt you owe sister so-and-so down the street. He cares about all of that as long as you borrowed in good faith with the real intention to pay. God cares about that. Now, let me just throw this out here. I'm going to stay here too long because it's, it's nobody in this building I'm sure of. It's probably just some folk out in television land, not even the folk online, the folk who watch the rebroadcast. But, but th there are some people who sign up to go to school to get financial aid, but they never plan on going to school. They just use that to buy Jordans and go on vacations. And then when they come back looking for that money and you in debt, you can't come to the altar and me try to pray all that off for you because you didn't do it in good faith. That hustle spirit, I can't bless you past that hustle spirit you got. You got to learn how to stop hustling and do things in good faith. But if in good faith you signed up to go to school and you did everything you could and it just fell apart, God knows how to step in and you can be just like the prophet. Alas, master, it was borrowed. I meant to do what I needed to do, but I borrowed it and things went south. Because we've all been in a situation where things went south. All right, let, let, let's look what happens next. 2 Kings 6 and 6. Then the man of God said, where did it fall? When he showed him the place, he cut off a stick and threw it in there and made the iron float. Made the iron float. Let's, let's look at verse 7. And he said, take it up. So he reached out his hand and took it. Now, I said he will turn for your knees. But this is something I want you to understand. That in God turning that situation, we, we, we don't know when he turned it. We just know that it turned. Because all of a sudden, the iron began to float. And iron does not float. So that means somewhere between the time the man cried, oh, it's borrowed, and between the time he picked it back up, that God somehow changed the molecular structure of the iron or changed the molecular structure of the water, and the iron did what was impossible because God turned it. Now, 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 it doesn't tell us how he turned it. It doesn't tell us all the details. All we know is one minute the thing is sinking and the next minute is floating doing the impossible. And I'm here to let you know, I don't know when it's going to turn. I don't know how it's going to turn. But one day the impossible is going to show up in your life. The impossible is going to be possible. That job that you're not supposed to have because you don't have the degree for it, somehow they're going to find your name and solicit you and promote you and you're not supposed to be promoted. And I don't know when, I don't know how. All I know is God's going to turn it. He's going to turn it in your favor. And he's going to turn it because you did some things in good faith. Some of your needs were done in 
good faith. Some of the things you did, you did them in good faith. And God says, I know you're trying, baby. I know you're working, baby. I know you're trying to do what's right. Yeah, you may fall every now and then, but you really try to do what's right. So guess what? I'm going to turn it because you need me to turn it. And it may not take all day. It may not take all year. It may not take all month or all week. When I get ready to turn it, I can make the impossible possible. I can make iron reverse itself and come back up out of the water. Whatever you need, it is available to you because he turned it. Look at your neighbor and say, he turned it. Yes, it did. I want you to put this up here. I, I'm, I'm going to pause and take some time for, for a little quick testimony, a birthday anniversary testimony. Somebody say, testify, pastor. All right, so let, let, me, let me tell you a little something uh, about my birthday anniversary. So like I said, you guys blessed me. I was appreciative of it. I was grateful of it. But I want to explain to you to the level that you blessed me to show you how good God is. And so in 2020, God began to tell me and deal with me, you need to release another book. My first book was, was released in 2005. My second book was released in 2014, and God was telling me I need to get another book. And so I was working on it and looking at how I was going to get it done, but I didn't do it in 2020. He didn't tell me to do it right away, but he let me know that it's, it's coming soon. You need to do it. So what I did in 2020, I began to save my money. So my last book that was released in 2014, it cost $5,000 to self-publish. And what self-publish means is that most, some book writers, they have a publisher who gives them the money to write the book and then they keep most of the rights. And if it sells, then the person gets a little bit of a royalty. If it doesn't sell, then it's just, it's just a wash. But someone else foots all the bill up front. But when you self-publish, you foot all the bill up front. You pay for the book. You pay for the paper. You pay for the picture on the book, the picture on the back of the book. You write the words. All that is you. You put the money up front, and then whatever money comes back, it comes back to you. So self-publishing has been the way I've done all my books. But my previous books, even though they were good, I just about broke even. I didn't lose money, which is good. You don't want to lose money, but I broke even. And I was happy with that because my message got out there into the atmosphere. However, as long as my books are out there, they can always be picked up and purchased again. So, that, so even though I just broke even, I can still make money. And my new book might trigger people to get my old book. So I've been thinking, okay, this is an investment. So I saved up $5,000 for this next book. And I called the people and told them I'm ready to do my second book with them. This is my third book, but it's my second book with them. And let's talk about the prices. And they told me that the price is $15,000. Now, wait a second. I saved five because my last two books was 5000 And now they're talking 15000 Well, things have changed. The world has changed. And they offer a whole lot more. But I wasn't planning on spending that much money. I saved five. I thought maybe six or, or a little more, but not no 15000 That's triple what I had saved. But God says, you teach all these people about faith, are you going to have faith? God, leave me alone. I don't want to talk about that right now. I, I, I can do something else with my 5000 I can take my 15000 maybe put it in the stock market, I, all these other things. But I felt God says, write a book. So I, I, I called the people back. and I was like, you know, this is my second book with y'all. So is there any discounts that can happen? There was, yes, because you are a repeat author, we will discount you $1,000, and now your book will be $14,000. Well, praise God, but it's still $14,000. And I got $5,000. That means I'm still $9,000 short. 
But they also said, we are going to put you on a payment plan, no interest, and it'll cost you $900 a month for 10 months, and that's how you'll be able to pay the rest of the book off, no interest, and that's good. I was like, that, hey, that, that's a decent deal, but that's still $900 a month. I, you know, I, God is blessing me, but $900 a month is $900 a month. On top of my car, and on top of my house, and on top of everything I got to do, I don't know if I want to do all that. I, Joe Biden, I need some more stimulus to come, because I don't know if I want to do all that. But God said, did, did, did I tell you to do another book or not? Yeah, you told me. So I went back to them. I said, okay, we're going to sign on the dotted line. And I ended up uh, talking to them. And July 9th, I signed on the dotted line. The dotted line. July 10th was my, my birthday and my thing happened. And then the next day, uh, uh, money kept coming in. And so Sunday, I started looking at the money. And, and so I don't take too long. I got over $6,500 that came into me in that time. And uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so, so grateful. And I, I heard it. They was planning. They wanted, people wanted to do more. Listen, listen, when folk do something for you, I, I don't care. You may have wanted to do more, but I'm grateful for what you did. I appreciate it. That 6500 I did not have. Amen. If he, even if it was $65, I was 65 I didn't have. But 6500 all of it didn't come from the church. Some of it came from other places. But the majority of it came right here at Deliverance Temple. Amen. So, now I can do all kinds of stuff with that money, but I, I, I felt like what God was saying, put it back into the book. So I talked to my wife and I told her, I said, now, some of this is for my birthday, but a lot of this is for pastoring, and I couldn't have pastored without you, so I'm going to split it with you down the middle. I'm going to split it with you, and I'm going to take some of it and put it on the book. She said, Andre, uh, that's your money. Put that money on the book. That's, that's a good woman. That's... That's a good, good one. We sing the song, good, good father, but I got a good, good woman. Now, a lot of women be, be like, look, look, you're going to give me something. You're going to take me somewhere. You're going to do. Now, here's the thing. She, she's a good woman. That's because she got a good man. I've always taken care of her. So she trusts me to also do what is right. So we decided both that we're going to actually put it into the book. I may not put the whole 6,500. So if you see me with some brand new sneakers, then some of that money went to my feet. But. The majority of it is going to go back to the book. So, so I needed 9000 left. And let, let's say I keep 500 and put 6000 on the book. That means I only have 3000 to pay. That, that means that 900 a month has dropped all the way down to $300 a month. And I just signed July 9th, but by July 11th, I had $6,500 because he turned it. He, he turned it. And so when the book opens up, there's going to be a dedication. Most authors dedicate the book somewhere. It's going to be de dedicated to Deliverance Temple for blessing me for my 10th year of pastoring. Because he turned it. I, 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 I could tell you more testimonies, but, but I told you all that this is my winning season. And I can't help but win. The, the, the other day I was in the house and I screamed and they was like, what's wrong? I said, I just found $50 in my sweats. They was like, Daddy, do you got to yell like that? Listen, any blessing I get, I'm ready to yell, holler. Shoot. 
And I, I, I've been finding money everywhere. And I'm here to let you know that when the head gets blessed, it trickles down and it goes all the way down to the skirts of the garment. And if you just stay in this ministry, I'm not the only one that's going to get blessed. And especially if you gave to me and you sold into me and you stretch your faith and you put something in the hand of the man of God, guess what? God going to look after you and I promise you he going to turn it in your favor. And somebody may, 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 may say, well, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't give everything I wanted to, and, and, and I gave lessons. I need to tell you one little quick story, and I'll, I'll do it really quick. David, the Bible says that David thought about God and said, I wish I could build you a house. And God told him, your hands are too bloody to build me a house, but because you thought about it, I'm going to bless you for the rest of your life. Every one of your sons is going to sit on the phone, not because you did it, you thought about doing it. And somebody thought about giving me money but couldn't give me what they thought about, and God said, I'm going to bless you like you gave it just because you thought about it. All right, I, I got to keep moving. Let's, let, let's go to point number two. He turns it for your desires. Not only does he turn it for your needs, he turns it for your desires. At the end of the day, uh, writing another book is not a need. That's just something I believe God has given me, and it's a desire. But God will turn it for your needs, but he also turn it for your desires. Listen, you don't need a Cadillac. You don't need a Bentley. You don't need a, a, you don't even need to travel by air. You can ride a Pinto. You can ride a bike. But just because you don't need it. But if you desire it, God can give you not just what you need. He can give you the things that you desire. And if you stay with God long enough, he'll put the desire in you. And you'll desire things that he wants you to desire. And he'll elevate your life. Yes. I can go to, to church in a bicycle. Yes, I can come to church or what, riding with somebody else, but that's not what I desire. Somebody want to say, well, Jesus rode a donkey. Well, that ain't what I desire. If you want to ride a donkey, you ride a donkey, but you leave me and my Cadillac alone. And if you see me flying in a jet plane, I don't want you to say nothing about me because that's just what I desire. And I serve a God who can turn what you desire for your favor. Somebody said, I don't want no light-skinned man. God got some chocolate baby ready for you. Just He got them baking in the sun down in Africa just ready for you. Just because it's what you desire. Turns it for your desires. All right, let's put point two back up. He turns it for your desires, and let's put the PS up. Let's go back to the point. He turns it for your desires, and here's the PS. When we trust and obey him. Now, don't expect him to give you what you desire and you won't trust him. Because if you won't trust him, that means you'll try to get the desires on your own. You'll try to do it yourself. Next thing you know, pastor said, I got a uh, husband in Africa. And you, you take six months off church to go. To no, no, I didn't say go down there. No, trust and obey. Trust God. Let God do the work. So he will turn it for your desires if you're trusting and obeying him. Let's, let's look at John Two and one. We'll have you read that, Sister Mitchell. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, 
And the mother of Jesus was there. Before we move on, I, I underline third day. I'm going to come back to that third day. I'll say, actually, I'll say it three times for em emphasis. Third day, third day, third day. There is a revelation on the third day. Jesus rose on the third day. And we'll see later on in the message. There's something important about the third day. And let, let me give you this re revelation that sometimes things look dark at first. But over time, they turn. So the third day represents a turning. Now, now when we look at Genesis account, what Jesus did and how he uh, recreated the world uh, through God did through speaking the word, which was Jesus. Then even in the third day, we see what happened on the third day when God spoke into the atmosphere. So I'm here to let you know, prophetically, you're heading toward a third day. And what that means is the first day may be rough. The second day may be even rougher, but on the third day, that's when God turns it. That's when you see he was working. See, on the first day, he was working, and you didn't know it. On the second day, he was working, and you don't know it. But on the third day is where you recognize and realize God's been working on my situation all the time. And we know all things work together for the good of them who love God and who are called according to his purpose. Don't pay attention so much to the first and the second day. I want you to wait to the third day to the resurrection day there's some stuff God resurrection in your resurrecting in your life pulling you out of some stuff it doesn't look like it it doesn't feel like it but wait till the third day you're gonna see God has been at the side of you the whole time not only has he been at your side he's been in front of you he's been working all the time uh what song we sang say he was there all the time he was there all the time waiting patiently in, li in line, but he was there all the time. There's never been a time in your life that he has not been there. Even when you was high, even when you was second, sexing and drinking and cussing and fussing, he was still there. And he's still working on you and he's still working on your children. He's still working on your business and he, he's still working on your ministry. And he's still working on your body. And I need you to wait till the third day when you find out that God hasn't left me. He neither leaves me nor he forsakes me, but on the third day, I'll rise again. Still, I'll rise. You can push me down, but I'll rise. You can push me over, but I'll rise. You can fire me off the job, but I'll rise. You can lie on me, but I'll rise. You can quit on me, but I'll rise. You can stab me in the back, but I'll rise because I got a resurrection power down on the inside of me. And let me say it this way emphatically. I ain't waiting on, on no Easter Sunday to talk about resurrection. I'll talk about resurrection on Tuesday at 3 o'clock at Applebee's. Because I got a God that's resurrecting me every single day. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Where once you depressed yesterday, yeah, but that was yesterday. God done turned some stuff in my favor. Once you broke yesterday, yeah, that was yesterday. God done turned some stuff in my favor. Once you down and out yesterday, yeah, that was yesterday. God has turned some stuff in my favor. He's turning it for me. He, he's turning it for you. He's turning it for us. He's turning it. It's not going to look like what I went in there to. It ain't going to look like it. He's turning it around. I got to pause prophetically on your job. He's turning it. In your marriage, he's turning it. With your children, he's turning it. With your money, he's turning it. 
This, he, he's turning some stuff in your favor. If we keep trusting and obeying him. In other words, God, I don't need it to turn fully for me to obey you. I don't need it to turn fully for me to trust you. I, I, I may still be, after I hear this message, I may be broke tomorrow, but I'm still trusting and obeying you. And if you tell me to give my money, I may only have $5, but if you tell me to give four of them away, God, me and the dollar left, you'll bless the dollar left. I'm trusting and I'm obeying you because I know you have the power to turn it. I'd rather trust you with a dollar than trust me with five. God, I'll give up the four and God, you can bless the one. Whatever you ask from me, you can have it because I trust and I obey when I was in Heritage Hall we sang a song that said trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey alright let's look at verse 2 Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples I don't have time to get into this but the third day has a revelation as well as wedding because we are the bride of the lamb. So whenever you see wedding, there's something powerful to it. Don't have time to get into it. Just study it for yourself. All right, let's look at verse 3. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Some of y'all say, oh, this is my favorite story, Pastor. I like the stories about the wine, Pastor. Some of y'all just, y'all just woke up when y'all heard wine. Read it again, John 2 and 3. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Let's look at verse 4. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. This reminded me of something, I, and, and I, I've, I've studied this multiple times, but this reminded me of something that I, had, I hadn't quite made the connection. Now, of course, that was his mother. He normally didn't talk to her like that. He called her woman. But it reminds me of another time later when, uh, after he was in his ministry with the Syrophoenician woman where he basically told her, listen, I ain't got time for you. So he was saying the same thing with his mother. This is not my time. Here's the thing you have to understand. God does not exist inside of time. He exists outside of time because he's eternal. Time is for us. Time is not for God. But Jesus humbled himself, and we see it even in what Apostle preached last week in Philippians 2, that he humbled himself, he became obedient unto death, but he also became obedient unto time. Because time was not for God, but he humbled himself and he came within time. See, if he didn't humble himself to time, he would have showed up right after the serpent tricked Adam and Eve. But he waited a while and waited and he got down through the bloodline and came in and lied, laid in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes. So he was relegated to time. But here's two women on opposite ends of the spectrum saying, I need you to do something now. I, I, I know it may not be the time for it, but my faith says I need it now. It may not be the time for you to be blessed, but I'm here to tell you that time ain't got nothing to do with this, baby. It, 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 it's your time, even though it's outside of time. It, even though your job hasn't 
told you that they was going to give you a raise. They're going to give you a raise because I prophetically say they're going to have to give you a raise. It's not time for a raise, but you're not existing in time. You're existing in faith. And faith steps out of time and grabs what it needs when it needs it. It grabs what it wants when it wants it. I want some stuff right now. It's not the time to buy a house, but you can have a house right now. It's not the time to buy a used car, but you can have a used car right now because you have the faith of God. And when God gets through turning things, it don't make a difference what time it is. Every time is your time. Every time is my time. Every time is my turn to be blessed. It's my turn to be blessed because he's turning it in my favor. Now with me saying all that, let's look at what Mary said. Now, first of all, let's look at what Mary did do. Oh, oh, oh son, I, I, I beg of you to do something. Look, look, look at what she says in verse 5. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Mary didn't pay attention to nothing Jesus said. She didn't have a conversation about it. She didn't say, yeah, I know your hour's not coming. She turned around to the servants and said, do whatever he tell you to do. I need to tell you something. The Bible says that the angels are ministering servants. It may not be my time, but angels do whatever he tells you to do because something's getting ready to happen in my life. So I call angels to move on my behalf. I call angels to work for me. Get off of your dusty uh, throne and come down and work for me. They may say, it's not your turn, Andre. It's not your time. Listen, it is my turn. It is my time. Do whatever he tells you to do. All right, I got to move on. John 2 and 6. Now there were six stone water jars there for the, Jesus, for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Verse 7. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water, and they filled them unto the brim. It, Jesus didn't say, oh, uh, I don't know what my mama Mary is talking about. Jesus just fell in line. Because what Jesus understands, he understands faith. And he understands there are certain times I got to jump out of faith. I got to jump out of time and operate by faith. There was a woman with an issue of blood who was not supposed to be outside of her house. But she got outside of her house and grabbed the hem of his garment by faith. And without Jesus releasing anything, she pulled something out of him. I'm pulling stuff from Jesus. He ain't got to release it. It don't have to be time. But when I get ready to pull on God, when I get ready to pull and say money cometh to me now, when I get ready to pull stuff gonna happen because I'm making it my time because he's turning it in my favor. But there, there is a revelation that we also have to see in this. Let, let, let's look at this point. We're gonna put it up. I'm gonna throw a PSS up there. PS says, when it comes to our desires, God expects us to bring him something to work with. Yes. Somebody say, bring him something, bring him something to, work to work with. What Jesus did not do, he did not stick his hand in the sky and said, wine, fall out the sky. Now, he may be powerful enough to do that. But first thing he said is, y'all get something and y'all do some work and bring me something to work with. The reason why some of y'all can never get anything, you won't bring him nothing to work with. And also, he asked him to bring what this is called the miracle of like substances. He, he, he didn't ask them to bring him a couch or a chair. He asked him to bring him a water. In other words, wine is a liquid. 
with. So don't bring me something way outside. Bring me something I can work with. And the problem with some of y'all, y'all won't bring him something that he can work with. Yes, he is God, but it's not his job to change and fix everything for you. Bring him something that he can work with. All right, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop all the way down. Uh, Brother Dylan, you have to follow me because I, I got it out of order. It's slide 53. I want you to put this all the way down at slide 53. Here's the PSS. Miracle prayer and raggedy life doesn't match. I, 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 I had that later in the sermon, but I needed to say it again. Miracle prayer and raggedy life doesn't match. So you have to bring him something that he can work with. So, oh, oh, God, I can't wait for you to cause me to be a, a husband. I can't wait for you to cause me to be a wife. Well, stay out of other folks' beds, uh, uh, three and four and five beds every single week. Well, why don't you sit yourself down somewhere, and why don't you be solemn and celibate and celebrate some celibacy and be still for a moment? Bring him something he can work with. I, I don't want to stay on that too long. I, I, I might get sidetracked, but, but some of y'all would just wear anything, do anything, and then pray that God will fix it. The old people used to say, I'm going to sow my wild oats and pray for crop failure later. I'm going to do everything I want to do and ask God to fix it all. Listen, all that STD is not going to jump over you. Something's going to land in your lap. Some of that stuff you do, you out there shooting guns. Some of that stuff, you're going to get arrested. You're going to die. Some, listen, listen. God's not going to do it all. You got to bring him something to work with. We'll come back to that point later, but I just needed to bring that up now. And uh, Brother Dylan, you can go back up to where we were before. I think we were on, uh, we, we'll be at uh, slide 48. And Sister Mitchell, you can read that. And he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. Now wait a second. The last thing we heard is that bring him a bunch of water pots. The next thing he said is draw some out. So in between the time he brought them and the time they drew it out, between the time he brought the, they brought him the water and the time they drew the water out, he had already turned something. We, we, we don't see when, how, we don't know how, but once again, the molecular structure of the water was changed, and we don't know when it was changed, but I heard one verse say this way, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. God can do it overnight. He can do it in a moment. Just trust him and bring him something to work with. Let's look at verse 9. When the master of the feast tasted the water, now Become wine. Remember, one of the definitions for turn was become. That means he turned it, Read. And did it and did not know where it came from, though the servant who had drawn the water knew. Listen, there's going to be some stuff that happened in your life that no one can explain. They can't understand it. They won't know how, but you're going to know just how it happened. It, 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 it was God. This is the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in our eyes. How, how did you end up here? How, how, did, how did they pick you? Oh, oh I don't know. I just, I just got lucky, but you, you really know it wasn't lucky. It was the hand of God. It was the favor of the Lord. I don't even believe in luck. God plucked me out of, of obscurity and put me on the biggest stage in the world. 
because God knows just what he's doing. And I'm here to let you know, if you mess with me long enough, I'll pull you aside and tell you it wasn't luck, it was God. And if you mess with me long enough, I won't even pull you aside. I'll tell you right in public in front of everybody, this is the Lord's doing. God, God did this. How'd you end up on this board? God did it. How'd you stay married so long? God did it. How do you pass it for 10 years? God did it. How'd you get the house you have? God did it. How'd you get the car you got? God did it. Because God is turning stuff in my favor. And he's not done yet. He hasn't lost a case. He hasn't lost a battle. God did it. I thought you had cancer. Well, God did it. I thought you had diabetes. Well, God did it. I thought you had arthritis. Well, God did it. I thought you was broke. Well, God did it. I thought you was depressed, but God did it. God did this thing. You may not know, but I know who did this. John 2 and, John 2 and 11. This was the first of his signs. Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. This is something I need you to understand. When God manifests in your life, it changes how you believe. There's some stuff you cannot make me, uh, you can't make me doubt him. I know too much about him. He's done, done too much in my life for me to doubt him. Look, you may doubt him, but he's done some stuff in my life that, that doesn't make any sense. I, I know what I believe. I know who I serve. And there are certain manifestations. You think you believe God now. You think you love God now. You think you happy about God now. There's some stuff he'll manifest in your life that'll blow your mind. They prophesied over this church a long time ago. It'll be some mind-boggling blessings, some blessings that'll make your own head swim, some head-swimming blessings, some head-turning blessings. And all it's going to do, it's not going to make you be in pride or arrogance like Apostle talked about last Sunday. It'll humble you and it'll make you believe in God the more. Some of y'all are just one miracle away from believing God like you never believed it before in your life. Some, some of y'all are just one blessing from running to the church, just, just running to the church. Listen, I, I appreciate online, but I'm not living in another online service. I need to be in the building. God been so good to me, and God fixed it so quick, and God done it so crazy. I got to come to the house of God. It may not be testimony service, and I don't care. I'm getting ready to testify because God been good in my life, and I prophesy there's going to be some days I won't be able to preach. It'll be a testifying service. Nobody will be talking about about giving honor to God. No, no. We're going to be talking about how God turned stuff around and how God brought my son out of prison and how God made some stuff work. And I know what they said. I know what the judge said. I know what the judge said, but God can turn it around. God is still in the miracle working business. All right. Been a while since I preached, so I got to give you all. We got one more point to go. Almost been up here an hour already, but, but we're going to push a little further. Point number three. We're going to add to point number three, and this is how we're going to, this is our last point. He turns it when you pray. He turns it because you need it. He turns it because you desire it. But there's some stuff he'll only turn when you pray. The Bible says, he said, pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And they said, give us this day our daily bread. 
It's not that God doesn't know what you have need of every day, but he wants you to invite him into the situation. Some stuff won't turn until you pray, until you open up your mouth and say, Satan, the Lord rebukes you. I, I, I'm not dealing with this another day. God, come on the scene in the name of Jesus. This is not the time to stop praying. This is not the time to start playing and stop praying. This is the season to pray. One thing I love about this ministry, I have not failed yet to call corporate prayer. God has been telling me to pray that the people will pray without me telling them when to pray or how to pray. Because I, I, it's a weak ministry if I got to tell the people when to pray. Every now and then God will tell us corporately we need to pray. But sometimes back in the day, folk wouldn't pray until the pastor called a prayer and a fast. In my 10 years, I haven't really called that, maybe once or, or twice. But one thing I've noticed, there's a prayer line that goes out every morning with Pastor Jackson. And I got Deliverance Temple members that are always on the prayer line. I didn't tell them to pray. I didn't give them permission to pray. But they don't care. They praying because prayer makes things happen. I love a church that I don't have to babysit you. You have enough wisdom to tell yourself, I need to pray. If I got to get up at 6 in the morning, 5 in the morning, 4 in the morning, I need some prayer. I don't need my pastor to call a prayer meeting. I have a prayer meeting at Aldi. I have a prayer meeting at McCullough Park. I have a prayer meeting in my car. I have a prayer meeting on my job. I'll go to the hospital and pray. I'll stand on the corner and pray because some things will only turn when we pray if my people which are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways see we expect God to do the turning and we don't turn but once you start praying there's some stuff in your life that you won't feel comfortable with anymore and you start turning from your wicked ways and he said I'll hear from heaven not here from earth, because there's some stuff. I'm not coming to earth until you talk to me in heaven. But I'll hear from heaven. I will heal the land because you opened your mouth and you prayed. Yes. Somebody say pray. 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 Now, now in, in my life lately, my prayers have not all been the same. But lately, they have been very different. They have not been very, what I would call, disciplined prayers as far as Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you. Now, sometimes, God, I need you to fix it. I, 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 I know all the Jehovah's. I can quote you with all they mean, but I don't have time for Jehovah. Jesus, fix it. Jesus, come on in. And now I'm going to add a new prayer for you because of this sermon. Jesus, turn it around. Some stuff you ain't even got to have a long two-hour prayer. Just point your finger and say, Jesus, turn it around. Turn it around, God. Turn it around. Turn it around, turn it around, turn it around. And because you have this revelation, you won't even have to hate, say, Jesus, Father God, you just walk in the situation and say, turn it around. Oh, your, 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 your boss is acting funny to you. Just in your head, you say, turn it around, God. Next thing you know, they say your boss has gone on sick leaves for six months because God just turn it around. It ain't going to take all night. God know how to turn it around. Turn it around, God. Turn it around. I got, I, I got one more uh, PS and PSS to add to it, and let's, uh, then, we'll, then we'll continue to move. PS, especially when your life matches your prayer. And back to slide 53 again, I want to bring this point back up. 
PSS. Miracle prayer and raggedy life doesn't match. So this is the way God told me to uh, share it when, when, I, when I was talking to you. I didn't know I was going to jump ahead and go to it uh, early. But God says, if your prayers are up here, but your life is down here, don't expect a whole lot. It's not that God can't do, but some of y'all are too spoiled. You already, we, we was talking to with, with a member and, and they were telling somebody who's been to our church forever. They were telling my kids how much church we used to go Go, go to all the stuff we used to do. Y'all don't have all that. Y'all get sabbaticals. Y'all, y'all get days off and times off. You only have Sunday and Wednesday. So listen, your life needs to come up. L- l- listen, I, I don't have time to cast a bunch of demons out of you. You, you, you. you got enough word in you to cast some demons out of yourself. Stop acting a fool every time you turn around and learn how to live up to the prayer that you're praying for. Now, if you want raggedy blessings, keep a raggedy life. But if you want some supernatural turn it around blessings, your life need to match what you're asking for. Listen, I'm not saying God won't do. God is merciful. God will bless you beyond what you need. But there comes a time to say, God, you've been so good to me. I want my life to match up to what you've done for me. There's some stuff I shouldn't be doing. There's some stuff I shouldn't be talking about. Not because I'm so saved, but God, you're too good for me to be acting like that. So God, I'm not going to act like that. And yes, God, I can ask you for some stuff. But before I ask you for anything, I'm saying, God, first deliver me. Don't give me no money, God, until you bless me because I'm crazy right now and I need deliverance. God, don't bless me with nothing. Don't give me no man. Don't give me no woman. God, sit me down and work on me till I'm ready for the blessing that I want. And then, God, when you get me ready, I'll go ahead and pray for that prayer. All right. I say that because of this, and uh, and this is our our last uh, story that we're going to, 2 Kings 21. In those days, Hezekiah became sick and was at the point of death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, set your house in order, for you shall die, you shall not recover. You shall not recover. You shall die, you shall not recover. So um, there is, uh, this is a story that a lot of people have heard and people know, but just to summarize it, the prophet Isaiah was told to go to the king and tell him, put your house in order, get ready to die. At least he got a warning. Some people don't get a warning. Some people go to bed one day, wake up dead, drive in the car and wake up dead. He got a warning to put his house in order. But he was told, you're going to die and you're not going to recover. He was already sick. And there are some sicknesses that don't end up in death. But he was told, this one's, go- this one's going to take you out. So you might as well put yourself in order. I don't want to stay on this too long, but just let me jump on this side subject. Uh, I, I, I'm tired of us raising GoFundMe's for funerals. Put yourself some stuff in order ahead of time. Amen. That's not in the message. I just need to throw that out there for you. Put some stuff in order. Amen. All right. Tw- tw- uh, 2 Kings 20 and 2. Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord, saying. Wait a second. We're talking about God turning, but in this case, Hezekiah turned. He turned his face to the wall and he started praying. Now, now, now he was told by the prophet this was going to happen. But there are some prophetic words you can't even receive. That, that, that some of y'all have prophetic dreams that are that 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 are horrible. You don't just accept those things. You go into prayer. 
Oh, Pastor, I had a dream that my whole family died. My, the, the whole church of Deliverance Temple blew up. Start praying against that. Don't call me. Get, get to praying. That's some stuff that we not. God showed it to you so you can pray against it. Turn your face to the wall. That's why I need a praying church because when things come, we need to be able to pray against it. We can't just lay down for everything. We got to stand up and say the devil is a lie. I come against this in the name of Jesus. All right, let's put this point up. You might need to make the first turn before God turns anything. Let's let's look at a few verses, and this will, uh, I'll read these few verses, then we'll get back into Kings. Isaiah 45, 22. Turn to me and be saved or delivered all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. Here's the thing. It's, if you're going to have this type of turnaround in your life, you need to be turning to God every chance you get. Not to everybody else. Turn to God. Yes, go to the doctor, but turn to God first. Yes, watch uh, Dr. Phil, but turn to God first. Turn to God First, yes, no, let me, let me not say yes. No, don't smoke a bunch of weed. Turn to God first. Yes. Now, maybe if y'all live in one of the places where it's legal, maybe you can if you watch me where it's legal, but turn to God first. Because if you turn to God first, some of that stuff you find out you don't really need it. It's a crutch. It's a crutch because you never turn to God. But when you turn to God first, find a lot of stuff you don't really need. Acts 3.19. Here's another turn. Repent, therefore, and turn back. That your sins may be blotted out. Verse 20. That times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And that may, he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus. Guess what? There's some times of refreshing that's going to come on you. But you need to turn back to God. All right. Let's, let's look at 2 Kings 23. Read that, Mother Mitchell. Now, O Lord, please remember how I have walked before you in faithfulness and with a whole heart and have done what is good in your sight and he and Hezekiah wept bitterly Hezekiah wept bitterly but he had something to say he said God 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 my life my, my, my life ought to, ought to mean something uh, that, that's some stuff I could have done I was tempted to do but I didn't do because I honor you God and I know you're saying I'm about to die but God my life ought to mean something so God I, I, I don't want it to be like this I don't want to go out like this I don't want to die like this I, I don't want it to end up like this God look at my life God look at how I gave God look at how I serve every now and then you can tell God about your life if your life matches up you can tell God about your life. Verse 4. And before Isaiah had gone out of the, of the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him. Isaiah went all the way to the king's room. He's coming out of the king's room trying to get outside of the castle gate. And when he was in the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him. Let's look, see what it says in verse 5. Turn back. Another turn. So here he is walking out. And God says, turn back, read. And say to Hezekiah, the leader of my people, thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Behold, I will heal you. On the third day, you shall go up to the house of the Lord. Wait a second. It was another one of those third days. Now, now, now we, I don't know how big the king's court was, 
But the Bible says, God said, I heard your prayer and I seen your tears. It, it didn't seem like it, it took Isaiah six months to get out the court. No, he was just walking out the court. And in that time, God says, I see your tears. I hear your prayer. Turn around. Turn around. Uh-uh. Turn around. I know what the prophetic word said, but turn around. There's some stuff that God has already said about you, but because of your prayer, because of your tears, because of your faithfulness, God says, uh-uh. Turn that thing around. Let's look at verse 6. And I will add 15 years to your life. I will deliver you and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. He went from getting ready to die to I'm giving you 15 more years to your life. Listen, I don't care what it looks like. When God turns it, he turns it so good. You don't, it, it, you don't even know how good he can turn it until you give him a try. Verse 8. I, I'll read the, the, the verses from, the, from here on out. Verse 8. And Hezekiah said to Isaiah... What shall be the sign that the Lord will heal me and that I shall go up to the house of the Lord on the third day? I like how Hezekiah said, I appreciate what you're saying, but show me something, God. Sometimes, I, I mean, maybe Hezekiah was born in Missouri. He's from the show me state. Listen, show me something, God. I just, I was just told I was getting ready to die. Now, a few seconds later, you're talking about you turning it around. Show, show me, God, show me. What is the sign? Verse 9 says this. And Isaiah said, this shall be the sign to you from the Lord, that the Lord would do the thing that he has promised. Shall the shadow go forward ten steps or go back ten steps? God was so close to Hezekiah, he said, I'm going to show you a sign, but what sign do you want? How you want me to do it for you? Do you want me to do it this way or do you want me to do it that way? Listen, God, when he gets ready to turn it around so good, he'll ask you how you want to do it. You want to end up in the Bahamas or you want to be in the Fiji Islands? How you want to take your sabbatical? You, you pick it. Do you want to be in Dubai? Where, you want to be in London or Paris? You, you, you pick it. Whatever you say, I'll do it. But I'm going to show you a sign. I'm going to bless you. Just walk on the uh, the, on the car lot and when the dealer comes he'll tell you you can have any one of these five cars your, your credit is good you can have whatever you want see when God does it and you turn to God God will give you all kinds of options I got options because God's turning stuff around one minute he's told he's going to die he prays he weeps and next thing you know he got options let's look at verse 10 and Hezekiah answered it is an easy thing for the shadow to lengthen 10 steps Rather, let the shadow go back 10 steps. I like Hezekiah's boldness. Sometimes uh, we, we get a little shy when God gets blessed. Us. Well, just give me a, a, a little bit of something. I don't really, I don't really need to escalate. I, I'll take the Chevy. No, 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 it's easy to give me the Chevy. I can buy the Chevy by myself. God, I want you to give me the escalator. I, I want you to give me the big house. I, I want you to give me the one I can't afford. I, I want you to give me the man that's, that's got so much money I won't have to work a day in my life. I can find a jack leg off the street. That's easy to do. But God, give me something good. If you're going to bless me and turn it around, I'm asking for the big stuff, the hard stuff. I'm asking for the crazy stuff. I, I want a crazy blessing. I, I want a supernatural blessing. I want, I want a mind-blowing blessing. God, give me everything you can give me. Bring it on, God. Bring it on. Bring it home. Verse 11. And Isaiah the prophet called to the Lord, and he brought the shadow back ten steps by which it had gone down on the steps of Ahaz. The shadow means the sun, which represents time. Once again, 
we see two things. We see the third day showing up again. And once again, we see God doing something that's outside the realm of time. I'm here to let you know he is turning in your favor. Your third day is coming. And it's not going to be about your time. Well, well, I, I, you, you know, I'm already 84. It don't make a difference. He can bless you when you're 84 and a half. When God getting ready to do it, it don't make a difference what time it is. The third day is coming. And look at your neighbor and say this, which is the last thing we're going to say, which is the title of the message. He turned it. Say it again. Stand to your feet. He turned it. One final time, and then this is how we're going to go into our prayer. He turned it. Past tense already. And I'm just here to tell you what he's already done. And not many days from now, you're going to have testimonies of the things that God has turned. But guess what? He's turned it, but he is turning it. So once you get a testimony, don't think it's over. You're going to have testimonies of all God is doing in your life. And I, listen, y'all going to beat me to church because y'all going to be so happy. I'm here to tell you prophetically, he turned it. Let's, let's bow our heads and let's pray. The Heavenly Father, God, you gave me this message because this is indicative for several people. And God, I, it, it means for me, but for many people, those here as well as those who are watching online and those who will watch the rebroadcast. But God, specifically for those people who took the time to sow into me, God, you are going to bless them with some turnaround blessings, turnaround favor, God. And God, we're not going to be scared if you don't come all, all of a sudden. We're going to bring you something to work with. We're going to pray when we need to pray, but we leave it in your hands to turn it in our favor. Now, Father God, if there's anybody under the sound of my voice that is not saved, I pray that the first turnaround they'll have is turning to you. So, Father God, I pray that you would save them, God. God, even if they think toward you, I won't even say the, what we call the sinner's prayer. If they hear me and they think towards you, I pray that you take that turn and you save them, God, and fill them with your Holy Ghost, God. And if they need a place to go, you send them to Deliverance Temple where we can pastor and disciple them. But whatever state they're in, send them to a place or whatever country they're in, send them to a place where they can be turned around even more by your word. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. One more time. He turned it. God bless you.